Salutations, this is Matt from Decab with Matt. This is podcast number two. Is everyone excited? Are we pumped? I know that I am. I hate big episode today. We're going to be talking about hydrogen. We're going to be talking about a couple of other things. It's going to be a blast. I hope you'll enjoy it. Once again, this is Matt from Decab with Matt, and I look forward to talking to you about hydrogen. Yikes. Every time I hear one of those intros, I feel like I want to jump out of my seat, run around, have a little boogie, have a little dance, gets me pumped. Come on, guys. We're talking about some really fun stuff here. Yes. But hey, before I get into hydrogen on what we're going to talk about today, I want to set a little bit of a background as to what this podcast actually is. It's all about normal people like you and me learning about renewable energy and obviously ultimately learning about decarbonization it's a big thing that we have to do because without doing and without embarking on a decarbonization journey, uh, we're all going to be fried at some point in time down the line, or at least we'll have an incredibly bad way of living because, you know, the, the seas will boil, the clouds will turn red. No, none of that type of biblical stuff, but maybe you never know. So you need to come along on this journey with me to understand decarbonization and to understand all the technologies around decarbonization. And yes, in the future, we will have some pretty crazy experts coming on for a bit of a chat, which will be fantastic. But we don't want to get too hardcore in all of this to start with. We want to just keep it calm and collected, fairly basic. Let's all get a fundamental understanding of decarbonization, of renewable energy, associated technology. So effectively, I'm taking you on a journey with myself because this is a journey for me as well. I am learning all the time as we all should be. So yeah, so I just thought I would let you know that this is going to start slow and then it's got to end up super mega fast. So get ready for it. Okay then, hydrogen. Jeez, there's lots of different types of hydrogen. There's green hydrogen and pink hydrogen and blue hydrogen. There's so many colors, all the colors of the rainbow. But hey, before we get into the colors of hydrogen and what they actually mean, Let's talk about some basics of hydrogen. And look, I think the first thing we need to know, it, it actually is the most abundant element on Earth. Yeah, you heard it here first. Well, actually, you probably didn't hear it here first. It's probably covered in multiple scientific journals and just about every scientist knows that. But yes, so hydrogen is the most abundant element on Earth. And also, it is the lightest and smallest element. It is actually 14 times lighter than air. Crazy. I know. I read that. I thought, is that correct? But it is. This has been checked. I've had the scientists fly in. They've dropped in from the ceilings and they've said, hey, Matt, we're checking out all your data and it's bang on. So that's great. It's also colorless, odorless, and tasteless. Sounds like that crazy. What was that thing that, that the, the people he got poisoned with and it was some plutonium stuff? No, no, no. I'm going on a sideways angle here. Okay. So because that actually nicely segues into the fact that, that um, hydrogen is non-toxic and non-poisonous, which is fantastic. So that's really good as well. Um, it's also able to be released without contributing to atmospheric or water pollution. Big one there, guys. No pollution, no carbon footprint. That's a really huge one. And I think that's one of the, the, the main or one of the, the big things that obviously we love hydrogen is that it gives us energy ultimately. Um, and, you know, it outputs water once it's consumed in a, in a fuel cell. Like it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I, 
every time I look at hydrogen, I get quite excited because I think, wow, I think this actually could potentially be a massive, well, it is a massive energy source of the future that allows us to reduce our carbon footprint, i.e. decarbonization, but also allows us to increase more energy use. Wouldn't that be kind of crazy? So I'm just having a look here and oh, also, oh, I forgot, it can be stored in large quantities for a long periods of time. So really, ultimately what we're saying is green hydrogen contains zero carbon. It has a fairly much infinite supply. Oh, should have put the microphone effect on for that one. Uh, it is non-toxic and it is storable. And what I mean by that is that the, the, the energy in hydrogen can physically be stored. Now, it can be stored physically as either a gas or a liquid, right? Storage of hydrogen as a liquid requires cryogenic temperatures allowing the boiling point of hydrogen at one atmospheric pressure or minus 252.8 Celsius. So pretty crazy stuff. But what I'm saying here is that if you have a solar array or if you have a wind farm and it's producing a whole lot of energy and it's producing enough energy for its needs and it has excess energy, instead of that excess energy either being, you know, punted away into the into nowhere land or maybe dropped back into the grid, it can actually be transferred into hydrogen. So you can take the excess energy of RE and put that into hydrogen which is just crazy because you can then transport that hydrogen around to different places via you know, pressurized trucks. Uh, and it's a great way of being able to take the excess energy from RE assets and put them directly into a storage situation. So really what we're talking about is it's going to be very flexible in the future as technology progresses. But okay, so the question I now have to ask myself is what exactly is green hydrogen, right? So although the supply is infinite, hydrogen is not commonly found in its pure form in nature. You don't just walk down the street or rock into a 7-Eleven and say, I'll have a can of hydrogen, please. No, it doesn't work like that. It can be manually, manually produced like through a process called electrolysis. And electrolysis is achieved by running electricity through demineralized water. And what this does is it splits the water into green hydrogen and oxygen, right? So Interesting so far. Now, the resulting oxygen is released back into the atmosphere and the green hydrogen is able to be used domestically or exported for uses around the globe. And that's pretty much the line on how it is made. Now, obviously, if I'm using electrolysis and that electricity to create the electrolysis is coming from a renewable energy source, that is fantastic. And we have green hydrogen. So green because we're using renewable energy assets to generate the electricity into the process of making hydrogen. So when we discuss the colors of hydrogen, there's actually gray, blue, turquoise, green, quite a few, right? Um, I'm not going to get into too much detail here because green hydrogen is the best, obviously, because it is uh, powered by renewable energy. But gray hydrogen, uh, the process is called SMR or gasification. Um, and the source for all of that is methane or coal. That's gray hydrogen. Blue hydrogen is SMR or gasification. Gas? I cannot even say that word. It's doing my head in. Gasification with carbon capture. Uh, which is really cool. And the source, obviously, once again, though, is methane or coal. Now, turquoise hydrogen is, uh, the process is pyrolysis, right? And that the source for that pyrolysis uh, process is actually methane. But of course, green hydrogen, as I've said, its process is electrolysis and its source is renewable energy. So this is, once again, another uh, bit of a an explanation on the different colors of green hydrogen. And there's many other colors, but, you know, I think we've covered off the, the best ones there. So really, the next logical uh, path is where do we store this hydrogen? How do we take advantage of it? Well, we do that through a fuel cell. I know this might sound a bit boring to people that really know their stuff, but hey, I'm learning too. And I think this is interesting information because it really helps us understand, you know, the whole process or the whole end to end of how we can get the best bang for buck and how we can get great energy out of hydrogen. So 
a fuel cell. That's where it stores. So what exactly is a fuel cell? Well, a fuel cell is a device that generates electricity by a chemical reaction, right? So every fuel cell has two electrodes and called an anode and a cathode, right? And the reactions that produce electricity take place at these electrodes. So effectively, hydrogen is the basic fuel, but fuel cells also require oxygen. And so one great appeal of fuel cells is that they generate electricity with very little pollution. So much of the hydrogen and oxygen used in generating electricity ultimately combines to form a harmless byproduct. And you guessed it, that is water. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's pretty gnarly. So the next question is, how, does, how do fuel cells work? So Look, oh, look, we could get into some deep dives here and it could get hectic and crazy, but I'm just going to keep it really simple. So really, look, the purpose of a fuel cell is to produce an electrical current that can be directed outside the cell to do the work, you know, such as powering an electric motor or illuminating a light bulb or a city or wherever you need that power, right? But because of the way electricity behaves, this current returns to the fuel cell, completing an electrical circuit. Aha! The chemical reaction that produces this current are the key to how a fuel cell works. So chemical reactions are the key as to how a fuel cell actually works. But there are actually several kinds of fuel cells, and each operates a bit differently. But in general terms, hydrogen atoms enter a fuel cell at the anode, where a chemical reaction strips them of their electrons. Whew. The hydrogen atoms are now ionized and carry a positive electrical charge. The negatively charged electrons then provide the current through the wires to do the work. If alternating current is needed, the DC output of the fuel cell must be routed through a conversion device called an inverter. Yes. Oh. So that's how we're going there. And it gets interesting even furthermore because oxygen enters the fuel cell at the cathode and in some cell types, um, it combines with electrons uh, returning from the electrical circuit and hydrogen ions that have traveled through the electrolyte from the anode. In other cell types, the oxygen picks up electrons and then travels through an electrolyte to the anode where it combines with hydrogen ions. Okay, we're getting pretty deep in this, guys, because, you know, I think what we're, we're realizing here is the, the electrolyte plays a key role. It must permit only the appropriate ions to pass through the anode and the cathode. So if free elect uh, electrons or other substances could travel through the electrolyte, uh, they would disrupt the chemical reaction. So we wouldn't be able to get that energy out of them. Uh, and like, really, whether they combine at a anode or a cathode, together hydrogen and oxygen form water, right, which drains from the cell. And as long as a fuel cell is supplied with hydrogen and oxygen, it will generate electricity. And it will ultimately go into a car or a truck or somewhere that needs energy. Yeah. Hectic stuff, guys. Okay, so look, we've had a big chat about hydrogen, where it comes from, how it's made, you know, how light is it, how, you know, how do we, we harness that hydrogen into actual energy and electricity. But I think the other thing we need to talk about is what's happening in today's world uh, with hydrogen. Uh, there are many, many projects. And look, there's one thing that I thought I would like to bring up, which I thought you'd find quite interesting. Um, and it's currently a bit of a discussion happening between two incredibly wealthy men. We have Elon Musk, SpaceX, and, you know, the Boring Company, and Tesla, and his Gigafactories. He's a hardcore, bit of a fanboy, I must admit. And then we also have another gentleman, uh, Andrew Twig Twiggy Forrester, who has FMG, Fortescue Metal Groups. And these two guys... Uh, you know, they're brilliant at what they do. They've made billions of dollars. Uh, they're progressing mankind, like seriously, uh, you know, and I think the thing from a Musk perspective is, of course, you know, he wants to go to Mars and he wants to do all this great stuff, which he actually is doing, which is amazing. And you, you just got to look at Tesla for that. But then you also have to look at uh, Twiggy Forrester, who um, obviously is a miner. But uh, what he's done is he's 
obviously made billions of dollars. And he's actually putting all that billions of dollars back into um, renewable energy and more specifically, uh, green hydrogen. Uh, he's spending billions, like I think it's like $6.2 billion over the next little while just on setting up a green hydrogen uh, type of facility. Now, what's happened is that um, Elon Musk has kind of come out and said that he's poo-pooing um, green hydrogen, right? Uh, he doesn't like it. He doesn't think it's practical. He thinks it may not work. Now, the issue is, is that um, <laughs> what's happened is um, Twiggy Forrest has come out against Elon Musk talking about how he doesn't like hydrogen and effectively saying that he's, uh, he's only not liking it because uh, Tesla and all of uh, Musk's enterprises survive a lot on batteries. Batteries is the big number one thing, but batteries that store electricity that you pull up to a battery charger and spend a bit of time doing, uh, you know, charging up your car and away you go, but not reliant on hydrogen or green hydrogen. So Twiggy's kind of saying like, hey man, are you just doing this because you know it's got to now your business model in a couple of years time? Uh, and so what, what he's actually said, uh, Twiggy Forrester, he said he should go out and ask himself, am I really a climate avenger or just a businessman? And if he knocks hydrogen, then we know he's just in it for the buck. Hmm. What do you think about that? Do you think Musk is just in it for the buck? I know a lot of people would think he is. Uh, Twiggy Forrester is in it for the long haul, in my view. Uh, you know, unbelievable what Twiggy's going to do. But the question is, is this little battle going on between Twiggy Forrester and Elon Musk? Do you think it's rated? Do you think it's valid? I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? But if you do think it's rated, please go to decarbwithmat.com and leave some comments. Tell me what you think about the, uh, the scuffles between Musk and Twiggy Forrester. Oh, it's the music. It's time to go, guys. I'm so sorry. I have to run. Look, I've had a great time today. Uh, hopefully, you've learned a bit about hydrogen. Hopefully, you can kind of see it is definitely one of the energies of the future. And uh, I look forward to talking next week. Uh, we have a very special guest coming on board. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I may put it on the page Monday, Tuesday next week. Awesome. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great one. See ya. was filmed in front of no one because it's a podcast. Uh, when we travel, we hitchhike and stay at our mother's. Thanks.